Girl, read your Bible. You can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace or purpose. Hey everyone, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone who's craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. I love the conversations I get to have every week. They inspire me personally as, as, as much as I hope they're inspiring you. So today is no exception. I am with my special guest, Alicia Illion. She lives in Kansas with her husband and three children, the founder of Women Repurpose. She loves equipping women with biblical truth and hope for their day-to-day struggles. Her days are a mix of ministry and motherhood, fueled by salsa, coffee, and most importantly, Jesus. And today is the launch of her brand new book, Chasing Perfect, Peace and Purpose in the Exhausting Pursuit of Something Better. Let me read the description for you. Girl, read your Bible. You can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace and purpose. You've had enough of the hustle. You've given up trying to meet social media's impossible standards, and you're done living a life ruled by busyness. But where do you go from here? For Alicia Ilian, it wasn't until she learned to abide in God's truth that she finally found fulfillment. In Chasing Perfect, Alicia shares how God awakened her heart to prioritize what matters to him. She'll help you learn what it means to look beyond each day's diversions and live and surrender to the Savior. You'll see why it's so important to separate yourself from the self-first attitude of self-help culture. Savor each blessing God has given you and schedule rather than squeeze in daily time to spend with God. I love that. You don't have to keep filling your calendar to the brim with unsatisfying distractions. Chasing perfect will help you submit to God and experience his perfect renewal and rest. Well, Alicia, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) And I've met you through Instagram. I follow you on Instagram. I love your feed. I love your positive message for women of all ages and backgrounds and demographics. But for our listeners who might be new to you, tell us a little about you, where you're from, all that good stuff. Yes, of course. Well, um, I am Alicia Illion, and I live in Wichita, Kansas right now. Uh, Two years ago, I moved from Dallas, Texas um, to back to my hometown in Wichita here with my husband, Jason, and we've been married for um, almost 14 years. And we have three, and I like to call them high octane kids. They're just (laughs) high energy. Um, And I shouldn't be surprised because my husband and I are both wired that way. Um, But they are eight, 10, and 12, boy, girl, boy. 
And I like to say that we're in the golden years because they're, they're old enough to take care of their needs. I'm not bathing them. I'm not feeding them breakfast anymore. They can get up on their own and take care of themselves. And I remember a, a mentor mom that I had when my kids were babies and toddlers. And I remember her saying, um, and she was in the stage of life that I'm in now. And she's like, Alicia, it is so great when your kids can hop on a bike by themselves and you can go for a family bike ride. And mm. so that was my goal forever. I just need to get to that place where we can all hop on a bike and go for a bike ride, which <laughs> actually came in handy during this uh, COVID season that we had um, recently. So um, I, I love that we've arrived at that place, but yet our kids aren't on the hormonal roller coaster ride yet, you know, so sure. it is a sweet period of time. I'm really loving it. We're um, rather busy. And even though we try to create boundaries with our busyness and be intentional about that, even when you have um, each child doing one activity a piece, when they're in uh, extracurricular uh, sports and things like that, like you end up being pretty busy, just even with one thing a piece for per child. So um, it's it's definitely a challenge to uh, to juggle that, and I've been doing ministry, women's ministry, for almost twenty years now, which is crazy mm. to say because I started. Uh, even when I was in college, having women over and doing Bible studies. So I've been doing it for a really long time in the home and also in the, in the local church, helped launch two women's ministries, one in Texas, one here in Wichita, and um, just started kind of navigating more of the online world and reaching women and wider audiences through um, online ministry as well. So um, just founded and launched a new ministry called Women Repurpose this past summer. So that's been really fun. And I'm just always grateful to be a part of what God's doing um, in the kingdom, no matter if it's a home or in the church, business, um, family, it's all, it's, it's all an honor. Mm, I love that, Alicia. And, and with the new book, was it a progression with your ministry to women, and I'm sure being up close and personal with understanding their needs. And like you said, the busyness of life, everything that was in the book description, can you walk us through kind of the pro the process of, of how this book even came about for you? Right. Um, well, <laughs> multiple things. I think, um, I've always loved to write. Um, however, I wasn't thinking, you know, I'm going to write this book and God kind of works this way sometimes in our lives. You know, he, he, um, he, <laughs> he inserts his, his plan in ways that we don't often expect, but about a year ago, actually, I think it's been about a year and a half ago. I wrote this mem that, um, Angela mentioned that, you know, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever written, but for whatever reason, it really resonated with women. Girl, read your Bible. You can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace or purpose. Um, and, and I wrote it because obviously <laughs> it's something that I continue to wrestle with every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, I turn to all of those things thinking, you know, if I, if I just do this, then, you know, I'm going to feel a little bit more content or have a little bit more joy and happiness and satisfaction. And although those things in and of themselves aren't necessarily wrong, they just are not meant to fulfill us in the way that only God can. So I think um, that inspired this, this mem that I, that I put on social media and it just took off like wildfire. I mean, it just blew my mind. I think, you know, it's been shared 
you know, over 400,000 times still being shared, which is crazy to me. Um, and I never anticipated the message would resonate, um, but it did. And um, I think it just goes to show you that women desperately desire peace and purpose. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we do. We just deep down inside, we may not realize that that's what we're chasing um, by pursuing all of these things or the next best thing. Oh, well, if I do this, then maybe I'll start feeling peace. If I just organize my closet a little bit more, mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to organizing the closet. <laughs> But, you know, if we're going to expect to find peace that only God can give that deep rooted peace, um, you know, it, it's not going to happen. Or if I just hustle and become a little bit more successful and make a little bit more money and have a, a few more friends or be included in that get together. I, I just think as women, just intrinsically, we, we're, we're wrestling with that day to day. Um, and so... Um, so yeah, so we're, we're looking for contentment and, um, and, I, and so I realized when that, when that post went viral, that that message was worth unpacking. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of the inspiration for this book, um, chasing perfect. And it took us a while to nail down the title, uh, of what it, what it needed to say. But, um, but yeah, I just, I, I know that it's something that we all know, but I think it's, it's something that we continue to struggle with as women. Hmm. I love that. I could not love it more. And I was one of those 400,000 that shared it. I loved it myself. And I thought, wow, she has really grabbed a hold of kind of this internal conflict that so many of us women do face. And that is, I want my life to matter. I want to make a difference. I'm you know, I, 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 none of those things are necessarily wrong, like you said, in and of themselves, but it's chasing those things and, and thinking our soul is somehow going to be satisfied in that. And I've had the privilege of reading an excerpt and you guys, you have got to get this book. It is so great. And, you know, you talk about that our souls are weary because not from carrying things, but from carrying the wrong things. And you also mentioned that our souls are like an iPhone. And I kind of loved how you, your approach to that. So maybe speak to that for a minute. Yeah. You know, I was putting together a talk, um, for a women's retreat and I was trying to figure out a way to create some type of analogy for the soul. Um, and it's kind of a hard thing to understand. Like what's the difference between the heart and the mind and the soul and the body. And they all just integrate so much together. And I've read a lot of great books on helping people understand what the, what it is and the difference. And so I don't know, I think God just kind of inspired this analogy that, you know, our bodies are kind of like the hardware. They're like our phones, you know? Um, and so they're useful. It's, it's what we use to, to, to live our life. And so we should take care of them just like we would take care of our, of our hardware. Um, but the applications are kind of like what we do with our life. It's, mm. it's, um, all the activities that we have and the experiences and what we commit to and all, all the things that we do. And then the souls are like the software of our phone. Like they're the ones that keep everything running and you just have to update it and refresh it. And, and so it's so important that we take care of our, of our soul. Cause just like a phone, if, if it's not operating right, um, it doesn't matter what great apps we have on it or how pretty the exterior looks that the hardware of the phone, um, it's, it's not going to work for us. I love that. I really, really love that. 
Talk about some of these kind of main takeaways that we can expect in the book. You mentioned schedule rather than squeeze in daily time to spend with God. And, you know, you're a busy mom. It's not like you're living in some utopia. You're in the middle of the thick of it, just like we all are. So, you know, I love the fact that you're speaking to us right from where you, right from where you are, right on the front lines of it. So for you, what is, what has helped you to abide? Like you mentioned, abiding in who God is and finding that soul satisfaction deeply in him and what tools have, have you come across or that you've developed that help you to schedule rather than squeeze in this daily time with God? Right. Um, and that is such a good and important question, Angela, um, because I don't think we ever really arrive at this place where we're like, oh, we're just going to have all of this time. And um, although I would love that, um, I, what I found is I think, oh, this season's really busy. The next season won't be, but inevitably mm-hmm. it is because this is life. And, um, and as much as I want to say, yes, busyness is wrong. I think what is probably more harmful is not the busyness, but the hurriedness because mm-hmm. busyness, um, is what happens, you know, to our, in our lives, but hurriedness is what happens in our soul. Mm. And one thing that I unpack in the book is, um, you know, and we're all familiar with the Martha and Mary story um, about how, you know, Jesus came in with his like 70 people that were with him. And I didn't realize this till I was, you know, studying the story, but um, he, he came into Mary and Martha's home and he wanted to stay there and teach and rest. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but if, you know, if 70 people just showed up at my home unannounced, I think I would probably freak out just a little bit. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I'll be honest, yeah, there's no, you know, texting ahead of time and pre-ordering food. Mm. And I mean, Martha probably was a little bit freaked out, you know, like all these people all of a sudden, and, and here they think, you know, this is the God of the universe coming to my home on top of that. Like, mm. I'm sure, I mean, we've got to give Martha a little bit of credit. I used to think, why do we, why are we so hard on Martha? I mean, here she is, she's trying to be a good host. You know, she's trying to take care of their needs. Like, what is it that Jesus saw with Mary and Martha that was so um, concerning to him with, with Martha's um, behavior? And as I was studying that story a little bit more, I realized like he was not admonishing her efforts to serve. In fact, later on, he talks about how service is a good thing. He's called us to be servants. He was admonishing the state of her heart. He said she was distracted and she was anxious about many things. Mm. And when you unpack that story, you realize if you study the Greek and um, yeah, I include a a few Greek words because that makes me look really smart. (laughs) I truly don't know the Greek. Well, I wish I did. But it's interesting because when you dig into that a little bit, he was, he was actually getting at her heart. He was saying she was over-concerned. She was mm. overzealous to prove herself. And that's what was causing the anxiety. It wasn't the service necessarily that was wrong. It was that she was trying to impress. Mm. And that hit me so hard. I'm like, okay. So the times that I get the most exhausted in my life isn't necessarily about the busyness. It's about what's going on inside of me that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to prove my worth. I'm trying to be accepted and liked and um, find significance in what I'm doing versus Jesus. Now, now Mary, he's like, she has discovered the better portion and it won't be taken away from her. What was that one thing that Mary had? 
Um, and it was that she didn't feel, she didn't have that inside need to try to prove anything. Jesus was enough for her. Mm. And, you know, she sat down and, and she was taking it all in from the Jesus teaching, which was so counterculture during that day to have a woman sitting there like a rabbi would and listening, but mm. you know, she didn't care. She just wanted Jesus. She wanted more of him. She knew that's what would satisfy her soul. And so, you know, when you say you're, you're taking on the wrong things, um, you know, it's not that they're bad because God calls us to do some of these things, but when we're trying to take them on for peace and Jesus mm. said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Take on my yoke. And he was trying to say like, my yoke will bring you peace with God because you don't have to earn that with the father. It's not dependent upon you. Um, you know, proving yourself through the law. Cause back then that's how they, um, were right with God is they had to fulfill all these commands that were like over 600 commands of the law that were so burdensome. And he's like, no, you learn from me, take on my message, which is you will be right with God because of my perfection, not because you need to prove that you're perfect and that you can handle things. And, and so I just love that message that Jesus is like, my yoke is easy um, because you don't have to, to prove yourself anymore. Mm, that's so good, Alicia. I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. That might be one of the reasons I'm very drawn to your message. And I read Amy Carroll's book, Breaking Up With Perfect, and that was really insightful for me. And, you know, I went through a period of my health kind of fell apart. And and in during one of those seasons, the Lord taught me, he said, you know, you used to think that that you did, the more you did for me, the more I would love you. Meaning that the, the more we do for God, somehow he's going to love us more. And he retrained my thought pattern during that season to say, no, that's not accurate. He loves us, period. And because he loves us, we want to do for him. But you're tapping into something so critical and that if we get that backwards or if we think this is going to give me peace, this, this right here, this thing, this tangible item. And I wonder sometimes, Alicia, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this why we run to the kale and the weights and the this and the that and the hustle and the you know craziness of life. Somehow we think just one more thing, this is going to be the thing. And for me, I wonder if it's because those are tangible things we can get our hands around where abiding in God is a different intangible you know, substance, if you want to call it that, or an experience. And it might be a more instant gratification or a more something I can actually get my hands on to tether my peace to. But I love where you're coming from to say, listen, we're only going to find our soul deep satisfaction in who God is. So why do you think we tend to run to these temporary tangible things instead of abiding in God? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And honestly, it's something that's been going on since the beginning of time, mm. you know, the enemy, he, uh, he tempted Eve in the garden with the same thing. You know, he didn't tempt her to steal or kill or anything. He tempted her to question God's word, to question mm. his faithfulness, to question that he was enough. And so that's been his strategy, um, forever. You know, he just repackages it to look a little bit different for us. So it's working probably. And, you know, in our, and I think what you said was really key that it feels more tangible to us mm -hmm. um, because, you know, trusting God requires a little bit of faith. 
Um, and, you know, and, he, and Jesus even said that, you know, you're trusting that the reality of the unseen world is what is true. Um, and that God is going to come through for you. And, and sometimes I remember when I was a little girl at youth camp, summer camp, and we used to, um, we used to do this activity called trust falls. And, um, and I remember that our college counselors would tell us, okay, everybody line up and you have to fall backwards and you have to trust those in your, in your group to catch you. And the reason they had us walk through this activity is because they wanted us to realize what it felt like to trust. And in a sense, like we talk about how we believe God, but I think belief is different than trust. Um, ultimately, I think that, you know, when we trust, um, you know, we have to actually act and, it, and sometimes the feelings won't accompany the action. Mm. Um, and, and, and even like that trust fall, like in the moment, like you don't, you don't always feel like, oh, I know they're going to catch me. Sometimes you have to walk into it with your feelings still uncertain um, and so when you're, when you're deciding, I am going to abide with God, I'm going to act out in faith that like, he's going to come through, that he is going to be enough. And I, my emotions and my, and my feelings, they're real, but they're not always reliable. And mm. so I have to remind myself that, um, that like, I have to anchor myself in something that is greater than myself in this moment. So when we're running to the kale, when we're running to the, which represents just chasing after trying to be really healthy and trying to have control over our lives and exercise and do all these things that feel like it's under our control. Faith, faith is an element that's not under our control sometimes. Mm. Like you're free falling backwards and you're trusting the Lord's going to catch you. And you're not going to always feel like the certainty of, I know he will catch me, but I'm going to act out on that. Belief is going, yeah, I believe he will. But the action is the trust part. And doing that, even though you, you don't know exactly. And it feels like when you're, when you're running after the things that are under your control, like that feels safer sometimes. Um, but the reality is like, we should learn because it, it doesn't pan out. You know, it does not. That's why we're chasing that next best thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I took that vacation. It was great, but you know, ultimately it didn't, it didn't settle my soul. Um, and, oh, I lost that 10 pounds, but you know, what's next? You know, I'm still not happy with the way I look mm. um, and on and on and on. And so. I think, I think your message is so timely and, and I'm not throwing anyone to the bus. I'm not intending to do that, but there definitely has been a distinct narrative for women that if you do all of these things, this is the recipe. This is the magic sauce for you having the life of fulfillment you've always dreamed of. You just need to hustle. You just need to wash your face. You just need to do all these things. And so I think you, I'm not surprised that what you posted went viral because I think women are waking up to the reality that that is not going to, that is not going to settle your soul. And the only real anchor, like you said a minute ago to our soul is a relationship with Jesus Christ built on trust, built on faith Right. built over time. And, you know, that's not the quick fix that we might get from the vacation or, and like you said, sure, we need those things. Those are necessary right. ingredients in our life, but they're not the main primary source. And 
I also like this, this kind of second takeaway you mentioned about the book that we savor each blessing that God has given you. And there's, there's an element of gratitude in that. There's an element of an awareness of God's blessing and presence in our life in that statement. And we talk here on the podcast too about, you know, finding the miracles and discovering the miracles that sometimes are hidden in life's messy or mundane moments. So why was it important to you to include that we need to savor each blessing that God has given us? And how have you seen that in your own life? Oh, yeah. So definitely want to touch on that. But I'd love to go back and just what you mentioned um, a second ago about this idea of like running to self-care or yes. um, I, I think this is huge right now, actually. Mm. And it's it's this gospel of self mentality mm. that um, and I, I heard this quote the other day and I thought it was so good. So I want to share it. But Einstein said, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Mm. So self-made problems um, cannot be solved with self-made solutions. We need to, we need an answer outside of ourselves. God has to get central. Mm. Um, we have to be astounded by God, like your book. We have to be astounded by God, overwhelmed by Him, so mm. that we're not overwhelmed by the things um, that are happening in our world. We can't we can't do it ourselves. Self-care is fine. You know, God wants us to create rhythms so that we can reflect back on him. Um, and I think that's how you do, instead of squeezing in time with him, you make it intentional. You know, you go, you set apart that time. He asks us to do that. Set apart this time, make it holy. Um, because otherwise, you know, we're, we're just going to be distracted. But this idea that like, that we can somehow self-help our way into a joyful, satisfied life, um, is, is never going to pan out for us. Um, mm. and so I just, I think that, yeah, we're seeing books by authors that are continuing to be bestsellers. So we know women are, um, reading these messages. Um, and, and so it's so appealing right now. And what I'm afraid of is that we're self carrying our way out of dependence on God. Oh, that's so good. That's so and, good. Um, I, and I think that's when it gets dangerous. Yep. Um, I am all about taking a bubble bath. I am all about taking a vacation, about taking care of our bodies, exercising, all of these things. But I know inside that if I'm running towards those things to numb myself <laughs> from mm -hmm. what I need to be depending on God for, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem with this gospel of self is it's replacing our need for God and gospel application in our life. Mm -hmm. That is not the easy yoke. That's why we're exhausted with this message. This message of pick yourself up and hustle more and rise to the top. It's an absolutely exhausting message. Mm -hmm. And it does not work. Hmm. Um, and I don't think that most of us would probably consider ourselves perfectionists in the way of like, well, I can't have one wrinkle in my bed. <laughs> right. Or all the dishes need to be put away perfectly. Like that's not the perfect that I'm necessarily talking about in this book. Although some of us may be a little bit that way. Um, I think, and I heard Jenny Allen say this one time and I thought it was good. She said the most destructive line of thinking in the 21st century is our incessant desire to be great. Hmm. And I'm like, ugh. And it's such an acceptable thing, even in yeah. the Christian world. Um, it's an idol and we want to be awesome. You know, we want to be smarter. We want to be more likable. We want to be thinner. We want to be more successful. We want to be a better mom. We want to handle it all right. And we want to be something better. And, you know, and I think 
um, Nancy Guthrie said, she talked about this and I thought it was brilliant that like in the beginning, um, in the Garden of Eden, where we think it's this idealistic world of perfection, it, it truly wasn't perfect because we knew there was this opportunity for evil. Um, but God wired us to be made in his image, the Imago Dei. And mm -hmm. so inside we were made to crave and desire perfection. So I think God made us this way because he wanted us to pursue his perfection. That's right. That's right. So the idea of pursuing perfection isn't necessarily wrong. I think it's actually intentional. I mean, mm. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 48, be perfect as I am perfect. Mm. So we are, we are made to want to be more like him, to be more holy, to, to be in relationship with him, to abide in him and to have, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm. The problem is when it's, we're trying to be the perfecter of our yep. lives. That's good. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's a really important thing to talk about. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. If I could, I would take a lap. Like I'm over here, like trying to keep myself quiet because <laughs> like, I'm just could not agree more with everything that you are saying, Alicia. And I just, that's why I was so excited to have you on this podcast because I believe your message of this book is it is just so needed as a counter voice for women. Like here is the real truth and the real way to settle your souls and who God is. So I just cannot thank you enough for sensing what God was saying and, and realizing, oh my goodness, this, this little message I put out is taking off. I mean, that took sensitivity on your part. And then the work behind it is say, all right, I'm going to really flesh this out and I'm going to provide a resource to women that will actually help them to chase the perfection of who God is and that he accomplishes that in us. Remember Ephesians says, you know, we are his workmanship to do good works that he already created for us to do, yeah. but he is the one that works in us to do it. We're not going to be able to do that apart from him, apart from abiding in him, right. we're nothing and we can do it. And man, I just think you hit on that of we're chasing greatness. And I don't think it's even something that's, that's mildly encouraged in our culture. I think it is a pressure to do that. And somehow if we're not, we have failed and we have fallen miserably short instead of what has God called you uniquely to do? And what does that look like? And how can you do what he has called you to do well? And then there, that's what you mean by the yoke will become easy and it's his timing and his ways and his purpose. So I just, I 100% and behind the message of what you're sharing. So I know you're going to speak a little bit to blessing and, and kind of what you meant there, maybe how you've seen that evident in your life. Right. And so, um, about seven years ago, and this is God, I mean, he works through so many things. I know this is the message of your podcast a lot. You bring people on to, you know, tell the stories of redemption and the difficulties and, and the freedom that comes through, through that. But, um, about seven years ago, um, I had just had my last, my last child, my, my last born. And, um, my body had been through a lot at this point, which a lot of women can probably relate to. I had three C-sections. I'd had a miscarriage in a DNC. And then on top of that, um, nursing, the hormone changes, um, my oldest son, <sighs> got strep throat and we kept passing it back and forth to each other like five times. I was on five different mm. antibiotics, 
the last time, the last round I had was horrible. It just wiped every good thing in my body out, just trying to get rid of this infection. And so finally I, um, I went to an ENT and she said, you know, I think you need to have your tonsils out. So, you know, having an adult tonsillectomy is no joke. Mm. <laughs> and they warned me, they said, you know, it's going to be pretty painful and you're going to be on your back for quite a few weeks and, and to recover. And, and that was the truth. And so I, you know, I, I had it, I had my tonsils out and then um, it took several weeks to kind of get back up and moving. But what I discovered is when I, when I started back into my routine, I started like fainting and not being able to stand up without blacking out. And my body just started, um, the best way I know how to describe it is it felt like it was just freaking out. Like it just, um, there was no normal. My temperature was way all, all over the place. My muscles were twitching all over my body. And, um, and so my background is physical therapy. And so I knew enough about disease and some of those things to be dangerous. And I also am one of those that, um, you know, likes to have control <laughs> in my life. And so I do that by knowledge, you know, and so I would Google everything and you never want to, you know, Dr. Google is not a good resource when you have <laughs> symptoms because, you know, you sneeze and all of a sudden you're dying the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I started having all these symptoms and, um, and, and I knew something was wrong. So I, I went into a neurologist and I said, okay, what's going on with my body? Um, having muscle twitching and tremoring, and I couldn't even um, text on my phone um, because my hands were shaking so much, which mm. probably wasn't a bad thing. Um, <laughs> kept me off my phone a little bit. But, um, but she said, yeah, you know, she goes, I think something is wrong, but I don't think I have the right testing um, to diagnose you. So she sent me to the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. And I had to wait about a month to get in because it's super, it's really difficult to get into the Mayo Clinic. And um, during that time, uh, I went through a severe bout of anxiety. Mm. And I always say there's a difference between healthy concern and sinful anxiety. Mm. Healthy concern is, yes, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to have them check me out. I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm not missing something. Um, I'm going to do the things that I need to do. But when it turns to a consuming thing where you can't even operate because you're just dreading the worst all the time and it's controlling your thoughts, that's when I feel like it turns into more of a, an unhealthy anxiety. And that's, that's where I was. Mm. And um, I just rem remember being in a very dark place and just you know, begging God, like, I don't want, I, I don't want to have something very dismal. I want to be around for my kids. I don't want this to be, um, Lou Ge I was worried that it was ALS because sure. is a main symptom for that. And so, um, that's where my mind was going. And I really was frustrated with myself that I didn't have more faith in that time. I thought I would have more faith. I thought I would handle it better, hmm. but God is so kind, Angela. Like, he knew, he knew I needed to be stretched. He knew that I struggled with wanting to control things. And so, um, we went to this appointment at Mayo, um, and they did some testing and they said, yes, you definitely have an issue. It was not ALS. Um, it was a condition called POTS, which, which is short for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which, um, 
just to give you a quick little anatomy lesson, like you have two parts of your nervous system, one part that you control everything with. Like, so when you want to reach for a cup of coffee, you do that using um, the part of your system that you can control. And then the other part's your autonomic nervous system, which controls the things that like your heart rate or your blood pressure or your mm. breathing or your temperature. So all the things that were off with me were part of that autonomic nervous system. Uh, and okay. Got, gone haywire. And so it was causing all of these symptoms. And so, um, you know, long story short, it's something that will probably never go away. Um, and I'll probably always have to deal with, and there are seasons that it's worse than others. Um, but, um, God in his goodness. And I always say this, like he allowed me and, and I say aloud because I, I believe it to be a blessing. He allows me to have to work through a condition that I don't have control over in a system of the body that we don't control because I have a control problem. Mm, wow. <laughs> and because his deliverance isn't always necessarily that he makes it all better. Sometimes it's his presence. That's true. Sometimes his deliverance is in his presence. Once again, like we were made to yoke to Jesus to chase him. And that is the blessing sometimes we have to see in the daily struggles and the daily moments. Um, I think about Jacob wrestling with God and how he awoke that next morning and he had a limp in his hip. Mm. And God had taken his hip out of place because God wanted him to depend on him and to realize that he was the one that he needed to, um, to lean on. And so sometimes we have that daily limp and it's a reminder, whether it's, you know, just tending to the kids and, and picking up the toys and putting away the laundry, or maybe it's a chronic condition, or maybe it's something that we have to go through that's really difficult, but anything that causes us to lean more on Christ and his sufficiency and not ourselves is a blessing. Mm. That's the blessing. Mm. Um, so I truly believe that, yes, it was disappointing that I went through that season of anxiety, but I think he really helped me see um, how, where I needed to grow and where I needed to trust him more. And so mm. I'm super thankful for that. That's so good. That's a life lesson there because we're all going to go through things and we may end up walking with a limp figuratively, you know, speaking there, but your point to say anything that teaches us to depend on God in greater ways is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And that's a very mature take to have on things, especially that stay with us, that are challenges. But I think it's out of that awareness that you have of the blessing of God's presence, that you're even able to write this book, that you're able to speak to, listen, true soul fulfillment is found in dependency on God. And then the other things, like you said, are the apps on our phone, but they're not the source of our, our dependency cannot be on anything other than God. And God is a jealous God in a good way. He mm -hmm. wants us to depend on him. It's not like he's trying to get us to do things on our own, right? He wants us to depend on him. And we never have to feel like we have to do all this alone. What an encouragement that is to know that God always wants you to run to him. And I would love to talk to you for hours, Alicia. I, I'm sad that our time is coming to a close, but now I'm going to invite you to pray of our listeners in a moment. But can you just tell us quickly about Repurposed and how people can connect with you, get your book? I know they're going to want to. So just share that before you pray for us today. 
Sure. So the ministry, our ministry is called Women Repurposed, and it's been something that God has had on my heart for the last couple of years, but we finally got to launch with a full team this past summer. And um, the heart of the ministry is to help women understand what it really looks like to abide with, with Christ. Like you said, like, what is that? How do you even know where to start with that? And so we found that there was this gap of women saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to open up my Bible and understand what I'm reading. Mm. And so the ministry, the, the heart of the ministry is to create curriculum and resources and blogs and a community that will help come alongside women. So mm. it's not just a sage from the stage it's a guide by your side that's that's what we like to say like we want to be a guide by your side we want to come alongside you and so we're, we're creating a lot of resources that will help you know understand what it looks like to do the spiritual discipline so you know to do the things that that allow us to experience that easy yoke and um to chase after him um so yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And you can find us on social media, um, women at Women Repurposed. Um, and then if you want to find me, it's at Alicia Illion is my social handle on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, and the website is womenrepurposed.com. And I'll put all that in the show notes too, so they can find you. But thank you, Alicia, for your time. Thank you for the way you are investing in women's lives, including mine. And your voice is so needed in our, our, our culture, and I thank you for using your voice. So thank you for sharing with us today. And guys, go out and get her book. Girls, I should say. <laughs> Anyone could benefit from it, but especially women. Stop chasing all these things that we think are going to satisfy. Settle your soul in Jesus and find your dependency on him. And Alicia has tapped into something powerful and something um, life-changing. And so be sure to get her book. It just launched today. We are so excited for you, Alicia. Chasing Perfect, Peace and Purpose in the Exhausting Pursuit of Something Better. And you can just hear in just a few things she shared today, the insight that she brings. Um, I, I wrote down a several things that you said. Busyness is what happens in our lives. Hurriedness is what happens in our souls. That is so critical. And we are in danger of self-caring our way out of dependency on God. So just, you know, chew on these insights today as you've listened. Share this podcast with a woman that you know needs to hear it. And she can just take a deep breath settle her soul in who God is. So Alicia, thank you again. And I would just invite you to pray over our listeners today as we close. Yeah. Thank you, Angela. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you offer yourself as a light yoke, as an easy yoke. You know that we have a tendency to be hurried a tendency to prove ourselves and to try to find our worth and significance apart from you. And you are so kind, just as you were to Martha, to gently lead us back to you. Lord, I just pray for all these women that are listening today, that you would just um, fill them with abundance, with your fruit, that you would help them to see how and how wonderful it is to be in your presence, to lean on you, even in difficulty, Lord, that you are sufficient to meet all of their needs, um, that nothing, nothing is um, unimportant <laughs> to you, Lord, that you see all the details, you see all the pain, you see all their struggles. Um, Father, meet them in that place and just give them the desire 
um, give them um, the knowledge that they need, surround them by women who would encourage them um, in the place that they're at. Lord, we know that you are enough. Lord, remind us every day. It is a daily decision to trust you, Lord. Um, and so God, help us. Help us in our unbelief. Help us when we forget in our distraction, when the world screams so loud that you've got to hustle more, that you've got to lose more weight. Lord, help us be reminded, God, that that will never satisfy and um, that our heart was made to chase after and pursue you, Lord, and that you love us and that you promise that you will be near to those who draw near to you, Lord. Um, thank you for your son. Thank you for um, the perfection that you offer us on the cross, Lord, that before you, that we are perfectly righteous, that you love us and that you made us on purpose. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at AngelaDonatioBOV and Instagram at AngelaDonatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.